So we come to our last talk in our stretch series. I hope you've been stretched in this series because I believe uh, we've given you the opportunity to allow your life to grow. So the purpose uh, today is to uh, allow you to to experience God in such a way that you grow every time you come to Grace Church, uh, either online or in person. Every time you show up and we show up, here's what our purpose for you is. We want you to just take one step closer to Jesus and uh, just experience him in a new and powerful and awesome way. So today, that's what we're gonna do. We come to the last concept in this stretch series and what we're gonna talk about is living out God's purpose in our life, living out God's purpose. There are two purposes that we can live for. We can live for our purpose or we can live for God's purpose. And every day we have to make a choice of which one of those we're gonna do. So how do you know if you are living out in God's purpose? That's what we're gonna look at tonight for just a few minutes or today for just a few minutes. How do you know if you are living out God's purpose? So in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 13, uh, this is what it says. Now when David had served God's purpose, see that? When David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he died, he fell asleep and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. So I want you to see something in this text that David did not die until he fulfilled God's purpose for his life. I hope that someday, some way, that some preacher, uh, when you die, is gonna be able to say that about you. So I'm gonna define God's purpose for you as being a means to an end. So I want you to just write that down somewhere. I want you to, I want you to mark it down because this is such an important thing and it's gonna be just the opposite of probably whatever you've heard in the past about how to live out God's purpose for your life. So being Uh, A means to an end is really how you and I live out God's purpose. So let me give you an example. So ancient Israel, Israel itself, is a means to God's end. That's not a slight. The end game for God was to produce a Messiah. So God used Israel to produce that Messiah. Being a means to an end is what gives things meaning. It's what gives things purpose in our life. And if you refuse to become a means to an end, your life will never have meaning. That's the meaning that God has given to us, the true meaning of God. Live for yourself, and you only have yourself to show for yourself. Because becoming a means to an end is the only way that you ever, ever really discover God's purposes for your life. Funerals teach us this. Funerals remind us that the value of life is always measured by how much of it was given away. How much of it was given away. Discovering the purposes of God for your life, therefore, starts with a willingness to be a means. I don't have to be the hero in the story. That's such an important concept, that I don't have to be the hero in the story. So let's dig this a little deeper. Let's dig a little deeper. The idea of the purpose of God frustrates and paralyzes so many people because it's such a daunting and scary thing. When I ask somebody, have you found God's purpose for your life? I mean, they get that deer in the headlight look and I'm just saying it is scary. It's a scary thing. But if we can break it down into small steps for you, I believe that it won't be so scary. The purpose of God in my life is the summation of some simple steps that I can take every day. 
when put together, it makes up the purposes of God for my life. Now, I want you to remember that idea that, uh, that I said in the very beginning, that I'm a means, that it's going to come to play in everything that I'm going to say to you this, th today. So let's start with a very basic foundation concept uh, from the Word of God. God's purpose for you cannot begin until you are saved. It just cannot begin until you are saved. Now, that's a fancy word. That's a Bible word. That's a churchy word. So let's just talk about what that means. It's found in the Bible, and this is what it literally means. To be saved literally means that I believe on the person of Jesus, that I believe that he came 2,000 years ago and that he was born of a virgin and that he entered this life in a very simple way and that he led a, a simplistic life and he led a sinless life and then he went to the cross and died for my salvation. So I have to believe on the person of Jesus and the work of Jesus. And when I put those two concepts together, believing on the person and the work of Jesus, that means that I, can, I am saved. But even salvation is a means to an end. The end goal is the glory of God. God saves you for his own glory. That's what the Bible teaches us. You're not the end game. In salvation, you are not the hero of the story. God did not save you because of you. He saved you because of him. He saved you to give him all the glory. That's the foundation that was laid. You're not the hero of this story. So once that happens... There are some other pieces that have to fall into place for me really tell about the purposes of God. It can end there, but it doesn't have to. There are some other pieces that can fall into place if I really understand the will of God for my life. So the next piece that I want to suggest to you is that after I'm saved, then what I add to that is a life devoted to worship. So let me show you this in the Bible. Romans 12.1 says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers... By the mercies of God. So in the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans, God uses Paul to write this amazing treatise of how we are born into sin, how you and I cannot save ourselves, how Christ came to save us, and he gives this amazing plan of salvation. And then he comes to chapter 12 and he says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Worship is not necessarily an experience. It's a lifestyle. You know, earlier on in our service, you and I sang some songs. I hope you got beyond yourself and actually sang with us, even though you're just watching online. But the reality is you might have had an experience or not had an experience, but the truth is, is that worship is beyond that. Worship is when I give my total life to Jesus as an act of worship. And here's the reality. This is what I want you to hear me say. To worship God is to recognize his worth and worthiness and respond in every appropriate way from there. That's what, that's what worship is. And you, listen to this very carefully, you are a crucial means to something. You know what that is? You are a crucial means to exalting the name, the character, the works, and the reputation of God. You are a crucial means. God has chosen you. He's chosen you to exalt his name. The second piece that I would add to this, these layers of discovering the, the purpose of God for my life 
The second piece I'd add to that is a life devoted to connection. Not just a life devoted to worship, but now to add to that, a life devoted to connection. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, partnership, to the breaking of bread and the prayer. This is a devotion to Christ which leads, now listen, don't miss this, which leads to a devotion to one another. So here's the bottom line. You are the means for God loving others. You're a means. And if you're willing to be that means, then you're going to be given, begin to live out the purposes of God for your life. There then is there's a third layer that I add to this purpose-driven life, and that is a life devoted to serving. So it's a life of worship, it's a life of connection, and now it's a life of serving. So in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, this is what Peter says about serving. He says this, as each has received a gift. Stop there for just a second. If you're a child of God, if you are a genuine believer in Jesus, if you have had salvation accomplished in your life by the person and work of Jesus, then what the Bible says here is by the power of the Holy Spirit, God now has granted you and endowed you with a gift as each has received a gift. This is a spiritual gift. This isn't a talent. This is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. So if I've received that gift, which I have and you have as, as children of God, I'm to use it to serve one another as good stewards or managers of God's varied grace whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God whoever serves is one who serves with the, by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified notice you're again just a means in order that that's, that introduces the, 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 the means process of this in order that that God may be glorified in all things now there are two kinds of spiritual gifts if you are a child of God there are two kinds of spiritual gifts there are serving gifts and there are speaking gifts. And you have to determine which one of those you have. So the question that I want to ask you is simply this, is that understanding your spiritual gift is crucial to really having a, an effective life of service before God. So how then do I know what kind of spiritual gift that I have? I think there are three ways. First of all, I think you look inside your own heart and you go, what really breaks my heart? What makes my heart pound? What, when I hear about it, what is it that in my heart I know that's what, that's what I should be doing? I can remember as a young believer sitting in the audience like you are, you're sitting in the audience today. And I can remember looking and listening to the pastor and I, as he's preaching, I'm thinking, you know, that was good, but I would say it differently. And I, the Holy Spirit just kept saying to me over and over again, you're supposed to be doing what he's doing. There was something in my heart that God is working. Then there's another ingredient. Not only do I look inside my heart, but I also look at what others are saying. What are others saying about my life? When I do, when, whenever I serve, what are others saying about it? And then there's the idea of experience. A lot of people get just frozen. And so here's what I'm going to suggest to you. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is, try some stuff. Just get out of your seat. Get off that couch and just start trying some stuff, even if it's a little bit scary at first. So a question came back 
to me this week, and it really, I want to insert it into the message because it had to do with the purposes of God. So this is what the person asked me. How do I know when I have an idea, how do I know whether it's God's will or just something that I want? That is a great question. The answer is, step out and try it. Just do it. And here's the thing. God is big enough to shut doors and open doors. But when you don't get off the couch, when you don't step out, when you don't step into your fear, when you don't step into the courage of Jesus, then what happens is, is that you just get frozen. When you serve, now listen to this carefully, when you serve, you are a means to the movement of the Holy Spirit. When I use my giftedness, I become a means to the movement of the Holy Spirit in this world. Even if it's serving my neighbor, even if it's taking their trash out, I'm a means, I'm a means for the movement of the Holy Spirit in the world. When you live a life of devoted worship, when you live a life of connection, when you live a life of serving, this is where God steps into your life. Now don't miss this. This is really good. When you live in those categories, when you're living that way, that's when God begins to move in and open doors for you that are unbelievable. That's when you really begin to discover the means that God wants you to have to really glorify him. This is where God begins to open doors that you thought were impossible to open. He begins to expand your capacity to experience him. So then the next question that's just logical in this process is how do I know if I'm living out the purposes of God in my life? How do I know if I'm just living out my purpose or I'm living out the purposes of God? So here's the ironclad test. It is always true. It's never a lie. This is the reality. The answer is really a question. The answer is really a question. And that question is simply this. Am I making a difference in people's lives? Am I making a difference in my kid's life? Am I making a difference in my mom and my dad's life? Am I making a difference in my neighbor's life? Am I making a difference in my church life? Am I making a difference in the city? That's how I really know if I'm living out God's purpose in my life. It is a question. Am I making a difference? Am I really a means for God's work in other people's lives? That's the purposes of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul writes to Timothy and says to Timothy, let no man despise your youth, but be an example to believers in conduct, in lifestyle, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. What he was saying to Timothy here is that, listen, let God use you as his means. Then Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Again, God is saying, let your means become my method of, of glorifying my own name. I want to end our time together today with a story that is absolutely true. It happened several years ago. It's not a, it didn't happen just yesterday, but it's, it's, it has some power to it. So I want, to, I want to share this story. There's a guy by the name of Larry Walters. He was a truck driver, and he had a lifelong ambition to be 
to fly. When he graduated from high school, he joined the Air Force in hopes of becoming a, a pilot. But the reality is he had poor eyesight and it disqualified him. He eventually left the service. And when he finally left, he had to satisfy himself by sitting in his backyard and watching planes fly over him. And so one day, he was watching these planes fly over him, and he had an idea. It was kind of a bad idea. I'm just going to say it was a horrible idea. But he had an idea. So he went down to the Army-Navy surplus store, and he bought a helium tank, and he bought 45 weather balloons. He went back to his backyard. He blew up the weather balloons with the helium, he tied his lawn chair to, the, to these balloons and he cut the rope and he started ascending. He went higher than he wanted to go. He went further than he wanted to go and actually he got, in, he got himself into trouble. He got himself into real trouble. And so eventually he had to be rescued by a helicopter. He flew into LAX's airspace and so it was dangerous. It was, it was really kind of a stupid thing to do. And uh, so he, as he was rescued and, and the news cameras were on him and he, he, they got him down safely, this is what somebody from the newspaper asked him. They said, Mr. Walters, why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? And Larry stopped for a minute, eyed the man, and then he replied nonchalantly, a man can't just sit around. A man just can't sit around. Now, I want to say to you, don't do dumb stuff. But there's something in what Larry said that is so relevant and life-changing and, and it captures the idea of what we're talking about. If you want to make a difference, if you want to be a means to what God is doing in this world, if you want to live the purposes of God in your life, you can't just sit around. You got to get up off that couch. You got to break some of the bad habits you have in your life. And you've got to be very intentional with allowing God to use you. And my prayer for you is simply this is that you'll get to a place in your life where you will become so dissatisfied with living for you that you'll just to say, I want to, I want to be a means, God. I want to be a means. I want to be a means that you use to lift up your name, to reach others, to show the glory of God, to allow people to see the true grace of God in, a, in my life. I want to let my salvation stand as a testimony of what God can do in a life. I want to be a means, God. I want to be a means to allow your name to become famous in my city and if you'll do that my friend if you will just become so restless that you no longer can stand living a life that makes you the hero then I'm going to tell you something you're about ready to step into an adventure called living on purpose and my prayer is that you'll discover it that you'll learn to love it. I'm telling you, I'm addicted to it. I'm addicted to it. I get so much out. I get, 
almost a spiritual high when I know that somehow, some way, that God used me not as the hero of the story, but as a means to show that He's the hero. He's the God of this world. And I'm telling you, there's nothing better. There's nothing more exciting. There's nothing more fulfilling to stop living your purpose and start living His. And when you do that, you have an ever-increasing capacity to experience God. And as we sang earlier, what you're really doing is you're letting the light in and then letting that light shine in dark places all around you. And may God, may God use this message to realize that I can't just sit around. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you for this day. And may your spirit use what I've said as a means to move your people to your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.